0: Section 4 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding by John Locke. Book 4 of Knowledge and Probability. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Bennett. 22. Our Ignorance Great our knowledge being so narrow as i have shown it will perhaps give us some light into the present state of our minds if we look a little into the dark side and take a view of our ignorance which being infinitely larger than our knowledge may serve much to the quieting of disputes and improvement of useful knowledge if discovering how far we have clear and distinct ideas we confine our thoughts within the contemplation of those things that are within the reach of our understandings and launch not out into that abyss of darkness where we have not eyes to see nor faculties to perceive anything out of a presumption that nothing is beyond our comprehension but to be satisfied of the folly of such a conceit we need not go far he that knows anything knows this in the first place that he need not seek long for instances of his ignorance the meanest and most obvious things that come in our way have dark sides that the quickest sight cannot penetrate into the clearest and most enlarged understandings of thinking men find themselves puzzled and at a loss in every particle of matter we shall the less wonder to find it so when we consider the causes of our ignorance which from what has been said i suppose will be found to be these three first want of ideas its causes secondly want of a discoverable connection between the ideas we have thirdly want of tracing and examining our ideas Twenty-three. First, one cause of our ignorance want of ideas one want of simple ideas that other creatures in other parts of the universe may have first there are some things and those not a few that we are ignorant of for want of ideas first all the simple ideas we have are confined as i have shown to those we receive from corporeal objects by sensation and from the operations of our own minds as the objects of reflection but how much these few and narrow inlets are disproportionate to the vast whole extent of all beings will not be hard to persuade those who are not so foolish as to think their span the measure of all things. What other simple ideas it is possible the creatures in other parts of the universe may have, by the assistance of senses and faculties, more or perfecter than we have, or different from ours, it is not for us to determine. But to say or think there are no such, because we conceive nothing of them, is no better an argument than if a blind man should be positive in it, that there was no such thing as sight and colours, because he had no manner of idea of any such thing, nor could by any means frame to himself any notions about seeing. The ignorance and darkness that is in us no more hinders nor confines the knowledge that is in others than the blindness of a mole is an argument against the quick-sightedness of an eagle. He that will consider the infinite power, wisdom, and goodness of the Creator of all things will find reason to think it was not all laid out upon so inconsiderable, mean, and impotent a creature as he will find man to be, who in all probability is one of the lowest of all intellectual beings. What faculties, therefore, other species of creatures have to penetrate into the nature and inmost constitutions of things, what ideas they may receive of them far different from ours we know not, this we know, and certainly find, that we want several other views of them besides those we have, to make discoveries of them more perfect. And we may be convinced that the ideas we can attain to by our faculties are very disproportionate to things themselves, when a positive, clear, distinct one of substance itself, which is the foundation of all the rest, is concealed from us. But want of ideas of this kind, being a part as well as cause of our ignorance, cannot be described only this i think i may confidently say of it that the intellectual and sensible world are in this perfectly alike that that part which we see of either of them holds no proportion with what we see not and whatsoever we can reach with our eyes or our thoughts of either of them is but a point almost nothing in comparison of the rest twenty four want of simple ideas that men are capable of having but having not, one, because their remoteness, or, secondly, another great cause of ignorance is the want of ideas we are capable of, as the want of ideas which our faculties are not able to give us shuts us wholly from those views of things which it is reasonable to think other beings, perfecter than we, have of which we know nothing. So the want of ideas I now speak of keeps us in ignorance of things we conceive capable of being known to us bulk figure and motion we have ideas of but though we are not without ideas of these primary qualities of bodies in general yet not knowing what is the particular bulk figure and motion of the greatest part of the bodies of the universe we are ignorant of the several powers efficacies and ways of operation whereby the effects which we daily see are produced these are hid from us in some things by being too remote and in others by being too minute. When we consider the vast distance of the known and visible parts of the world, and the reasons we have to think that what lies within our ken is but a small part of the universe, we shall then discover a huge abyss of ignorance. What are the particular fabrics of the great masses of matter which make up the whole stupendous frame of corporeal beings, how far they are extended, what is their motion, and how continued or communicated, and what influence they have one upon another, are contemplations that at first glimpse our thoughts lose themselves in. If we narrow our contemplations, and confine our thoughts to this little canton, I mean, this system of our sun, and the grosser masses of matter that visibly move about it, what several sorts of vegetables animals and intellectual corporeal beings infinitely different from those of our little spot of earth may there probably be in the other planets to the knowledge of which even of their outward figures and parts we can no way attain whilst we are confined to this earth there being no natural means either by sensation or reflection to convey their certain ideas into our minds they are out of the reach of those inlets of all our knowledge, and what sorts of furniture and inhabitants those mansions contain in them, we cannot so much as guess, much less have clear and distinct ideas of them. 25. 2. Because of their minuteness. If a great, nay, far, the greatest part of the several ranks of bodies in the universe escape our notice by their remoteness, there are others that are no less concealed from us by their minuteness these insensible corpuscles being the active parts of matter and the great instruments of nature on which depend not only all their secondary qualities but also most of their natural operations our want of precise distinct ideas of their primary qualities keeps us in an incurable ignorance of what we desire to know about them I doubt not but if we could discover the figure size texture and motion of the minute constituent parts of any two bodies we should know without trial several of their operations one upon another as we do now the properties of a square or a triangle did we know the mechanical affections of the particles of rhubarb hemlock opium and a man as a watchmaker does those of a watch whereby it performs its operations and of a file which by rubbing on them will alter the figure of any of the wheels. We should be able to tell beforehand that rhubarb will purge, hemlock, kill, and opium make a man sleep, as well as a watchmaker can that a little piece of paper laid on the balance will keep the watch from going till it be removed, or that, some small part of it being rubbed by a file, the machine would quite lose its motion and the watch go no more. The dissolving of silver in aqua fortis, and gold in aqua regia, and not vice versa, would be then perhaps no more difficult to know than it is to a smith to understand why the turning of one key will open a lock, and not the turning of another. But whilst we are destitute of senses acute enough to discover the minute particles of bodies, and to give us ideas of their mechanical affections, we must be content to be ignorant of their properties and ways of operation." nor can we be assured about them any further than some few trials we make are able to reach. Whether they will succeed again another time, we cannot be certain. This hinders our certain knowledge of universal truths concerning natural bodies, and our reason carries us herein very little beyond particular matter of fact. 26. Hence no science of bodies within our reach, and therefore i am apt to doubt that how far soever human industry may advance useful and experimental philosophy and physical things scientifical will still be out of our reach because we want perfect and adequate ideas of those very bodies which are nearest to us and most under our command those which we have ranked into classes under names and we think ourselves best acquainted with we have but very imperfect and incomplete ideas of distinct ideas of the several sorts of bodies that fall under the examination of our senses perhaps we may have but adequate ideas i suspect we have not of any one amongst them and though the former of these will serve us for common use and discourse yet whilst we want the latter we are not capable of scientifical knowledge nor shall ever be able to discover general instructive unquestionable truths concerning them certainty and demonstration are things we must not in these matters pretend to by the colour figure taste and smell and other sensible qualities we have as clear and distinct ideas of sage and hemlock as we have of a circle and triangle but having no ideas of the particular primary qualities of the minute parts of either of these plants nor of other bodies which we would apply them to we cannot tell what effects they will produce nor when we see those effects can we so much as guess much less know their manner of production thus having no ideas of the particular mechanical affections of the minute parts of bodies that are within our view and reach we are ignorant of their constitutions powers and operations and of bodies more remote we are yet more ignorant not knowing so much as their very outward shapes, or the sensible and grosser parts of their constitutions. 27. Much less a science of unembodied spirits. This at first will show us how disproportionate our knowledge is to the whole extent, even of material beings, to which, if we add the consideration of that infinite number of spirits that may be, and probably are, which are yet more remote from our knowledge whereof we have no cognizance nor can frame to ourselves any distinct ideas of their several ranks and sorts we shall find this cause of ignorance conceal from us in an impenetrable obscurity almost the whole intellectual world a greater certainty and more beautiful world than the material for bating some very few and those if i may so call them superficial ideas of spirit which by reflection we get of our own, and from thence the best we can collect of the Father of all spirits, the eternal, independent author of them, and us, and all things, we have no certain information so much as of the existence of other spirits, but by revelation. Angels of all sorts are naturally beyond our discovery, and all those intelligences, whereof it is likely there are more orders than of corporeal substances, are things whereof our natural faculties give us no certain account at all that there are minds and thinking beings in other men as well as himself every man has a reason from their words and actions to be satisfied and the knowledge of his own mind cannot suffer a man that considers to be ignorant that there is a god but that there are degrees of spiritual beings between us and the great god who is there that, by his own search and ability, can come to know? Much less have we distinct ideas of their different natures, conditions, states, powers, and several constitutions wherein they agree or differ from one another and from us, and therefore, in what concerns their different species and properties, we are in absolute ignorance. 28. Secondly, another cause, want of a discoverable connection between ideas we have. Secondly, what a small part of the substantial beings that are in the universe the want of ideas leaves open to our knowledge, we have seen. In the next place, another cause of ignorance of no less moment is a want of discoverable connection between those ideas we have for wherever we want that we are utterly incapable of universal and certain knowledge and are in the former case left only to observation and experiment which how narrow and confined it is how far from general knowledge we need not be told i shall give some few instances of this cause of our ignorance and so leave it it is evident that the bulk figure and motion of several bodies about us produce in us several sensations as of colours sounds tastes smells pleasure and pain etc these mechanical affections of bodies having no affinity at all with those ideas they produce in us there being no conceivable connection between any impulse of any sort of body and any perception of a colour or smell which we find in our minds we can have no distinct knowledge of such operations beyond our experience and can reason no otherwise about them than as effects produced by the appointment of an infinitely wise agent which perfectly surpass our comprehensions as the ideas of sensible secondary qualities which we have in our minds can by us be no way deduced from bodily causes nor any correspondence or connection be found between them and those primary qualities which experience shows us, produce them in us, so, on the other side, the operation of our minds upon our bodies is as inconceivable. How any thought should produce emotion in body is as remote from the nature of our ideas as how any body should produce any thought in the mind. That it is so, if experience did not convince us, the consideration of the things themselves would never be able, in the least, to discover to us these and the like, though they have a constant and regular connection in the ordinary course of things, yet that connection being not discoverable in the ideas themselves, which appearing to have no necessary dependence one on another, we can attribute their connection to nothing else but the arbitrary determination of that all-wise agent who has made them to be, and to operate as they do, in a way wholly above our weak understandings to conceive." 29. INSTANCES. In some of our ideas there are certain relations, habitudes, and connections so visibly included in the nature of the ideas themselves that we cannot conceive them separable from them by any power whatsoever. And in these only we are capable of certain and universal knowledge. Thus the idea of a right-line triangle necessarily carries with it an equality of its angles to two right ones nor can we conceive this relation this connexion of these two ideas to be possibly mutable or to depend on any arbitrary power which of choice made it thus or could make it otherwise but the coherence and continuity of the parts of matter the production of sensation in us of colours and sounds etc by impulse and motion nay the original rules and communication of motion being such wherein we can discover no natural connection with any ideas we have, we cannot but ascribe them to the arbitrary will and good pleasure of the wise architect. I need not, I think, here mention the resurrection of the dead, the future state of this globe of earth, and such other things, which are, by every one acknowledged, to depend wholly on the determination of a free agent. The things that, as far as our observation reaches, we constantly find to proceed regularly— we may conclude do act by a law set them, but yet by a law that we know not, whereby, though causes work steadily and effects constantly flow from them, yet their connections and dependencies being not discoverable in our ideas, we can have but an experimental knowledge of them. From all which it is easy to perceive what a darkness we are involved in, how little it is of being, and the things that are, that we are capable to know, and therefore we shall do no injury to our knowledge when we modestly think with ourselves that we are so far from being able to comprehend the whole nature of the universe and all the things contained in it that we are not capable of a philosophical knowledge of the bodies that are about us and make a part of us concerning their secondary qualities powers and operations we can have no universal certainty several effects come every day within the notice of our senses of which we have so far sensitive knowledge, but the causes, manner, and certainty of their production, for the two foregoing reasons, we must be content to be very ignorant of. In these we can go no further than particular experience informs us of matter-of-fact, and by analogy to guess what effects the like-bodies are, upon other trials, like to produce. But as to a perfect science of natural bodies, not to mention spiritual beings, we are, I think, so far from being capable of any such thing, that I conclude it lost labor to seek after it. 30. Thirdly, a third cause, want of tracing our ideas. Thirdly, where we have adequate ideas, and where there is a certain and discoverable connection between them, yet we are often ignorant for want of tracing those ideas which we have or may have and for want of finding out those intermediate ideas which may show us what habitude of agreement or disagreement they have one with another and thus many are ignorant of mathematical truths not out of any imperfection of their faculties or uncertainty in the things themselves but for want of application in acquiring examining and by due ways comparing those ideas that which has most contributed to hinder the due tracing of our ideas and finding out their relations and agreements or disagreements one with another has been i suppose the ill use of words it is impossible that men should ever truly seek or certainly discover the agreement or disagreement of ideas themselves whilst their thoughts flutter about or stick only in sounds of doubtful and uncertain significations mathematicians abstracting their thoughts from names and accustoming themselves to set before their minds the ideas themselves that they would consider and not sounds instead of them have avoided thereby a great part of that perplexity puttering and confusion which has so much hindered men's progress in other parts of knowledge for whilst they stick in words of undetermined and uncertain signification they are unable to distinguish true from false certain from probable consistent from inconsistent, in their own opinions. This having been the fate or misfortune of a great part of men of letters, the increase brought into the stock of real knowledge has been very little, in proportion to the schools, disputes, and writings the world has been filled with, while students, being lost in the great wood of words, knew not whereabouts they were, how far their discoveries were advanced, or what was wanting in their own or the general stock of knowledge had men in the discoveries of the material done as they have in those of the intellectual world involved all in the obscurity of uncertain and doubtful ways of talking volumes writ of navigation and voyages theories and stories of zones and tides multiplied and disputed nay ships built and fleets sent out would never have taught us the way beyond the line and the Antipodes would still be as much unknown as when it was declared heresy to hold there were any. But, having spoken sufficiently of words, and the ill or careless use that is commonly made of them, I shall not say anything more of it here. 31. Extent of human knowledge in respect to its universality. Hitherto we have examined the extent of our knowledge in respect of the several sorts of beings that are, there is another extent of it in respect of universality which will also deserve to be considered and in this regard our knowledge follows the nature of our ideas if the ideas are abstract whose agreement or disagreement we perceive our knowledge is universal for what is known of such general ideas will be true of every particular thing in whom that essence i e that abstract idea is to be found and what is once known of such ideas will be perpetually and for ever true. So that, as to all general knowledge, we must search and find it only in our minds, and it is only the examining of our own ideas that furnisheth us with that. Truths belonging to essences of things, that is, to abstract ideas, are eternal, and are to be found out by the contemplation only of those essences, as the existence of things is to be known only from experience. But having more to say of this in the chapters where I shall speak of general and real knowledge, this may here suffice as to the universality of our knowledge in general. End of section 4